0: Good morning, so after the uh, sharing, Teresa leaned in and she said, it's almost like you're being teed up, maybe that's a coincidence. So coincidence, Webster's Dictionary defines coincidence as the occurrence of events that happens at the same time by accident, but seems to have some connection. Wikipedia defines coincidence as a remarkable concurrence of events or circumstances without apparent casual connection. The perception of remarkable coincidences may lead to supernatural, occultic, or paranormal claims. The word coincidence is used only once in the New Testament. And it was Jesus himself in the parable of the Good Samaritan. In Luke 10.31, Jesus said... And by a coincidence, a priest certain priest was going down in that way, and having seen him, he passed over on the opposite side. Now the word coincidence is translated from a Greek word, I'll probably butcher it, but sincurian, which is a combination of two words, son and curios. Sun means together with, and curios means supreme in authority. So a biblical definition of coincidence would be what occurs together by God's providential arrangement of circumstances. Now the NIV version reads this. A priest happened to be going. Of course, when Jesus tells a parable, everything is in the story for a reason. And this phrasing seems to be be a little tongue-in-cheek. Many times our decisions and circumstances seem so casual such as the road the priest happened to be going down and yet god is in everything nothing is casual and by chance what appears to us to be random chance is in fact overseen by a sovereign god who knows the numbers of hair on each head matthew 10:29 reads are not two sparrows sold for a penny Yet one of them will fall to the ground apart, not yet not one of them will fall to the ground, apart from the will of the Father. And even the very hairs on your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. you are worth more than many sparrows. This is a well-known verse. We use it for comfort sometimes, when our world around us seems to be spinning out of control. So let's dig a little bit deeper into it. In the 10th chapter of Matthew, Jesus is preparing to send out his disciples to cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. However, he warns them they won't always be welcomed. He refers to them as sheep in the midst of wolves. He says they even may be handed over to the councils or flogged at the synagogues and dragged before governors and kings. You know, you imagine how scared you'd be of that assignment. The disciples must have been a little overwhelmed at this task. So Jesus begins to show them they won't be alone. He tries to calm their fears by talking about sparrows and hairs on their heads. While they're out in the world, sent out in pairs, Jesus will not abandon them. God will keep close tabs on them every day, every moment. And his hands will be in everything, and everything that happens will be his purpose. That doesn't mean they won't have trouble. In fact, he tells them, but trouble doesn't mean they have been forsaken. What Jesus told his disciples can also apply to us. In verse 31, Jesus says, do not fear. So why should we not be afraid? Do not be afraid because God takes special care of us. He sees the life, he sees the sparrow when it falls. He numbers the hairs on our head. We are worth more than many sparrows to the Lord. He is invested in our lives and situations far more maybe than we are. But sometimes we find it hard to see him in all our circumstances. In these verses, he's telling us three things. The first, God cares about things we don't even notice. Verse 29 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. There's a good reason why Jesus mentions sparrows here. When In the time of Hebrew people, when they were about to offer sacrifices of lambs or goats or bulls, the poorer people couldn't afford those animals. They could buy two sparrows for just one dollar copper coin. So to the Hebrew people, sparrows weren't worth much. Today we would probably agree with them, they aren't worth much. If we buy bird feed, we do it to attract birds, but not to attract all birds. We like the cardinals and the blue jays, the bluebirds and the finches and the hunting birds. We put up birdhouses for the wrens and the purple martins. We are not plotting to attract sparrows. They were ordinary. There are usually more sparrows around than any other birds. And like the Jews, we don't think much of sparrows. Jesus said God notices the sparrows when they fall. That meant God cares about things we don't even notice. There are two details in there. The first, the sparrows do fall. Even the little sparrows fall to the ground eventually. Sooner or later, troubles do come to all of God's creations. What happens to unsaved people happens to us as well. They get sick, we get sick. They lose their jobs, we lose our jobs. They get ripped off, we get ripped off. They get cancer, we get cancer. They die, and we die. We are not exempt from the trials and troubles of this world. Now, the second point, the sparrow falls according to his Father's will. All things take place according to the plan of Almighty God. Everything in the universe must fit into God's ultimate plan. Genesis tells us the beginning of God's plan, and Revelation tells us the completion of God's plan. Death is a curse that's a part of God's will, that applies to our pain, our suffering and our loss. It applies to the heartache of watching our loved ones suffer and eventually death. Even the people Jesus healed that we read about in the Bible eventually died. Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead, eventually died again. It is not God's will for us to live forever in this flesh, but in everything, he is there. Our prayers may not be answered in the ways that we ask, or that we want, but he is always moving and working to fit his ultimate plan. Number two, God cares about the smallest details of life. Number 30, verse 30, says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Have you ever tried to count the hairs on your head? I could probably have inserted a joke, but Pastor Darren is not here to defend himself. All joking aside, it's probably impossible to do. And honestly, who would actually care? What would it matter for us to even know? If God knows each strand of hair individually, he knows us individually as well. He knows us through and through. He knows the tiniest details. In fact, he knows us far better than we know ourselves. There's nothing that we experience in life that escapes God's attention. There's nothing too trivial for us to pray on. And the third point, God cares about us, even when trouble comes. Verse 31 says, Do not fear, therefore you are more valuable than many sparrows. Tiny sparrows worth so little to us, and yet God cares for each and every one of them. However, you are worth more than a big tree full of sparrows. In Isaiah 46, 9 through 11, God states unequivocally that he is in charge of everything. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please from the east i summon a bird of prey from a far off land a man to fulfill my purpose what i have said that i will bring about what i have planned that i will do when we consider life events we usually classify them as important or unimportant many people have no problem believing that god is in charge of the big things but assume that god Would not trouble himself with the seemingly minuscule events of our everyday lives. However, that understanding is colored by our human limitations and is not supported by Scripture. For God, there are no unimportant events. He does not need to conserve his strength because his power is limitless. His attention is never divided. He is often referred to as the Almighty in the Old Testament, a name standing for unrestricted power and absolute command. Citing coincidence is how we humans explain unevent, unexpected events and surprise meetings. But just because we are taken by surprise does not mean that God is. Scripture is clear that God allows sinful humans to make mistakes and reap the consequences of those mistakes, But only a sovereign God could also promise that he will make all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. In ways known only to God, he takes even our mistakes and unplanned events and weaves them together to fulfill his purposes. God has shown throughout scripture that he can use the smallest of objects or events for his purpose. God does not seem to allow for coincidence. The administration of the universe is not based upon serendipity. The Bible says that God's purposes will prevail and that he is control of even the most random event. Proverbs 16.33 says... The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. What may seem insignificant to us may be, in fact, a result of God's infinite power, working on our behalf to accomplish his will in our lives. Now, in February, we are embarking on a series called God in the Ordinary. The idea is that it is not just the big events in our lives, but also the small things too. Today, I want to take an opportunity to tell one of my stories. So, because this story crosses back and forth between Teresa's world and mine, I'm going to ask her to come up and tell the story with me. Now, about a year ago, I found myself in a job which I was having a hard time finding joy, happiness, or even satisfaction in. I had been feeling this way for a couple of years, but I was not willing to give it up, and to walk away from a staff and a business that I had helped grow over the years. So I started loosely looking for jobs online to see what was out there and see if there's anything that I had interest in. I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in the egg industry or if I wanted to switch directions completely. But because I had been working in the egg industry for the last decade, I was still drawn to these types of postings. There wasn't much out there that I felt that I wanted to keep looking for, maybe it was the fear of changing jobs or maybe leaving my staff that deterred me from from even applying, but I just couldn't find the courage to put myself out there. So, in February of 2019, a position came open that intrigued me. It was still in the ag industry so I filled out an application and with much hesitation I pressed submit. Now, to my my surprise, I found the next day, I was on a phone interview, setting up an in-person interview, which then led to a second interview, with me thinking, this is progressing pretty quickly and might be an opportunity that I might be on board for. Fast forward almost a year, and I look back at that opportunity, and I thank God that I did not get that job. Long story short, on the job, I was devastated. And I didn't get that I didn't get it, but God was still working. Through that time, when Teresa and I were praying about it, we kept hearing or feeling that God was telling us to trust him. And so we did, or we tried our best. I believe he was preparing me by helping me gain confidence and helping me to realize that there is something else in store. So, fast forward a month, to mid March. Teresa's on a work trip to Hazy, And first thing in the morning, I get a text from Teresa, which has a job posting link and says, So, this is Aaron Chellner's old job.
1: It's hard to know how far back to start this story. Um, feel closely at it, there are connections that would date back, actually, pretty far back. And if we would be as thorough as possible, I, would, I kind of imagined it to look like the crime boards. There's a picture there. I actually had to Google murder board to find that image. So uh, that may look a bit questionable in my search history. But with all those strings pulled in different directions, tying different people in at different times, um, it's kind of crazy when you can look back and see those things. Going back just a little ways after Dex was born, I completed my sleep consultant certification and started working for a company based in Saskatoon. It's a whole other story of extraordinary coincidence, or rather God, but I won't tell you that story today. But it wasn't long after meeting the company owner, her name's Amanda, that we discovered she is from Norway, Saskatchewan, the same 500 person small town that Brendan happens to be from. Her and I have worked closely together for the past seven years. Over the years, my job and position has changed, and the past two years has taken me back and forth to Estrahezy, Saskatchewan, numerous times, working together with Amanda on a contract we have at the mine there. In March, I was there together with her for some presentations and met up with her for breakfast before we headed out to site, and she asked how Brendan's job was going. It would have been easy for me to say it was fine, and I guess in some ways it was. But for whatever reason, I chose to say it actually, uh, it was pretty tough. It was difficult and he was looking to make a change. And as soon as I said that, she picked up her phone and started focusing on that and she didn't really reply to me. And I thought it seemed a little bit rude. But uh, she can get, get a little distracted sometimes, and so I just waited it out. And it was maybe 30 seconds later, her phone pinged, and she looked up, and she said, I have a job for him. So I was trying to get some clarity, and she explained that she keeps in regular contact with an old friend of hers. His name is Aaron. He lives in Winnipeg, and he works in the egg industry. Aaron also happens to be from Norway, Saskatchewan. Brendan didn't know him that well, so he's a few years older, but being in the same industry, they would run into each other every once in a while, Brandon egg days, etc., and their paths crossed a little. So she had texted him and asked if he knew of anything, and he had replied saying he did. He had just moved positions, and his former position was open, Manitoba territory manager for Kloss. When Aaron got the text, he happened to be sitting right across a desk from Brendan's former boss who had left Rocky a number of years before. Since they were sitting together anyways, as soon as he got the text from Amanda, he asked Brendan's old boss what he thought about Brendan for the position from their time working together. He put in a good word for Brendan and Aaron texted Amanda back and said, while the decision wasn't up to him, he would do whatever he could to help move things along. I frantically started texting Brendan while Amanda was back and forth with Aaron, and before I'd even heard back from Brendan to see if he'd even be interested in the job, she was working on locking things down.
0: Now, as I get this text, obviously, there's a lot of details that came out from what Teresa was saying that I didn't even know. So obviously, I didn't know that my old boss was beside my guy that I might be replacing. So. I'm in the dark here, all I have is a text with the job posting. So as Teresa explained, I knew Aaron from my hometown. Uh, he was a couple years older than me, but actually his younger brother was my best friend. So there was a connection there uh, that had already been established years ago. And it dawned on me uh, that I had seen on LinkedIn that sure enough he had uh, accepted a different role at the company. Uh, But it didn't even dawn on me on that at that time because I wasn't seriously looking and it didn't uh, seem like it was going to be an option anyways. Surprised by the text from Teresa, I text back, absolutely I'm interested. I knew Aaron had been in the job for 16 plus years and they must be a good company to work for if somebody sticks around for that long. I'd also been watching cloths grow in market share uh, in Manitoba over the years, so I was intrigued. I had always seen myself in this, some type of a role like this, and I was hoping eventually that I could work my way towards it. So that evening, without hesitation, I submitted an application. I received a text back the next day from Teresa saying Aaron wanted my cell number and she wanted to, as he wanted to reach out and discuss the job. I ended up talking to Aaron about the job, what the expectations were, and at this point it had sounded too good to be true. And I started to get excited about the possibility. Aaron had given me Tori's cell number, which is the hiring manager, so I could reach out to him as well. I called and left a message. I got a call back later that evening and we chatted about the job and where he was at with the hiring process. He said that he was pretty far down the road with a potential candidate at this point, but with Aaron's recommendation, he would like to see my resume and my references. So being in a managerial position in the ag industry that you currently are employed in, it isn't easy to get references without people starting to talk and rumours starting to fly. So I was able to put together three people in the industry that were far enough removed that it wouldn't arouse suspicion. Now it turns out one of the references that I picked was my old boss from Rocky, which he has already been a part of this story, which I didn't even know that yet. So now everything seemed to be moving along fairly quickly. Everything was back and forth until it wasn't. It had stalled out. I had reached out to Tori and asked him what the, the possibility of interviewing would be. And he replied back that he was very busy and he had not filled the position yet. So I started to feel that I was getting the runaround and it started to be very disappointed. So I text Aaron and asked him if he was really that busy or if he was just, if I was wasting my time. He assured me that, yes, he is really busy and that I just need to keep pushing. So I did. So I get a call on a Wednesday afternoon from Tory and he says he's coming back from Omaha tomorrow, but he leaves for Calgary on Friday. He said he knew it was short notice, but could I come to Regina uh, the next day? To meet for lunch, I agreed that we could make it work, and quickly booked off a day from work. Headed to Regina that night to meet with him. Now Teresa was right in the middle of the busy travel schedule, and it was the only day in the next two weeks that potentially would have worked for an interview. So we had a great lunch. I come out of there feeling excited that the opportunity could be there, but again, Tori had mentioned he was down the road with the, uh, with a candidate already. Uh, so, I didn't want to start counting my chickens before they hatched, obviously. After the meeting with Tori, he said he would contact me regardless next week, whether it was a yes or a no, uh, he would contact me. So, Monday comes and goes. Tuesday comes and goes. Wednesday comes and goes. Thursday, I realized that I am still working in a current job trying to focus trying to be prepared and have my ducks in a row on that side, if this does actually happen, but also trying to prepare for myself that if this doesn't, I have to continue working at this job. I text Tori on Thursday and again, I pushed. I said, I don't want to lose this opportunity. I believe that I'm the best candidate for this. So, I get a text back saying, usually a second interview, is done in Omaha, that they would fly you down to Omaha and you would do another interview. He said, seeing that we've met already, said, my boss, the president of Kloss, will be calling you this morning. So I'm still at work, and I receive a call, so quickly run out to my truck, and I'm driving around the lot while I'm talking uh, to this gentleman. Uh, And again, silence after. I felt the talk went well, but silence. Until Saturday came and I get a a call from Tori saying, interview went well, I know this is short notice, but can we fly you to Saskatoon on Thursday to meet with the HR team for another interview? So obviously I accept, book another day off work, and he tells me their travel agent will be reaching out to me to get all the details in place for the flights. So I talked with a travel agent and gives me two options. One is Winnipeg to Saskatoon, come back through Calgary, or Winnipeg to Saskatoon, come back from Edmonton. And honestly, it didn't really matter to me which one was which, it gets uh, back around the same time. So I said, just book it, doesn't really matter. And after I get off the phone, I realized that my current boss from Rocky is in Calgary that week and will be coming back on Thursday when I potentially could be coming back on that same flight. So, I start kind of getting a little bit anxious about this. Turns out she was able to book me the flight coming back through Edmonton, which should be okay except both of those flights get back to Winnipeg within 20 minutes of each other. So there's a potential I'm running into my old, my current boss uh, after going into an interview. So I, uh, I end up getting uh, to the airport on a Thursday morning. I head to the parking lot find where my boss's truck is, park as far as possible away from that so that we potentially don't have the awkward run in, uh, and uh, make it through security, grab a cup of coffee, and I sit down to wait for the plane. Now I feel a tap on the shoulder and a voice say, do you think you're actually qualified for this job? And nobody knows I'm there, Teresa's the only person who's going, who is this, what is going on? So I turn around I look. It is my old boss from Rocky, the one that I used for a reference. So obviously my head starts saying, why is he here? What is going on? Is he interviewing for this? Is he the other candidate? He was my reference. So I asked him, oh, what are you doing? Well, I'm heading for training uh, for something else in Saskatoon. So I'm in the clear there. Uh, not a big deal. So we start chatting about uh, the job and what's happening with it. and. Plane starts to board and shakes my hand. He said, well, you should have this in the bag unless you say something stupid, (laughs) which is not what I needed to hear at that point with my nerves already being a little bit uh, on edge. So I get to Saskatoon and Tori picks me up. We grab a coffee a bit uh, before uh, we head over to the meeting. I meet with three of the HR staff and Tori and they grilled me pretty hard, which I had expected. We meet for about an hour and they excuse me out of the room uh, and I wait for Tori to come out. He does, we say our goodbyes. Tory uh, explains, well, we may as well go for lunch, you know, flight's out at five o'clock, we've got time to kill. So we're driving around Saskatoon, and I still have no idea if I've got this job. So I finally asked, so am I still your front runner?" Which he had kind of explained to me before that I was the front runner because there still was another candidate for it. And he looks at me in the truck and kind of smirks, and he's like, well, the job's yours if you want it and holds out his hand like we should be shaking on it while we're driving around Saskatoon so I shake his hand I accept the job and he says uh, HR will have the contract to me and everything should be in place and make it official
1: story is one that has changed our family Uh, Brendan now works from home since he changed jobs allowing him an extra two hours every day to spend with our family time that he spent what formerly was spending commuting he has the flexibility to come to the kids' events now, being home, and having that flexibility has been invaluable to us, especially during my busy travel seasons. Brendan's someone who is good at making the best in any situation, but if you've ever had a spouse working a job they dread going to every day, you know that over time it takes a toll on a family. As you hear this story, it may be tempting to think that it must be nice to have everything fall, just fall into place like that. Uh, When Kim was sharing earlier, I thought about that. It's sometimes easy for us to see and to maximize God in someone else's situation and then to minimize him in maybe some of our own situations. We didn't spend a lot of time talking about those two years before that were really difficult for us, all the prayers that we sent up during that time before everything did come together. Maybe there's a situation in your life that you're thinking of that despite ceaseless prayer and wanting, it isn't coming together. What then? What then? Does God do this for some people and not others? Was the story even God, or was it timing, or good karma, or a coincidence? When we lay all the pieces out like this, all those details, and that's the reason why we did this, it's easy for us to see. But we miss it a lot of the time. When we look for God's hand in our circumstance, do we give credit, even when those connections are distant and hard to see? It's crazy to me, as we were talking about this story um, over the last week, The details were hard for us to remember. We both said numerous times, like, this is so long ago, and it wasn't even a year. When this first happened, we told the story to family and friends, and we're so thankful. But now, not even a year later, the details have gotten fuzzy. We're so thankful, but it's easy to carry on and to look and wait and ask for that next thing. I strongly believe that we are called to church to be community. In this community, I feel like there is power in sharing our stories. I hope that maybe by us sharing this story, it prompted you to think of one of your own stories. Maybe one that's faded with time and that you haven't thought about in a little while. I think the more we share our stories, the easier it is to see them in our lives and in the lives of others, allowing us to share in the ordinary with Him more, with God, to draw closer to Him, to trust Him more deeply and praise Him more fully.
0: Now, Some of you may be wondering, what did happen to the other guy, the other candidate that he had been down the road with? Things may have worked out for me, but doesn't seem fair to the other guy. Well, everybody would be very happy to hear that he is all right. As it happens, which might seem like it's a coincidence, he didn't get the job, I did. I left my job, which was then posted, and he jumped on that job. And he is now sitting in the chair that I used to sit in. Just a coincidence though. God does have an amazing way of working in our lives through the ordinary. I would be wrong to say that after all of this that my faith didn't grow, because it did. I feel that because of faith and prayer and letting God work in our lives, He was able to grow our faith with him. What appears to us as a random chance is in fact overseen by a sovereign God who knows the numbers of hair on every head. Amen. So, a couple of reminders God in the ordinary. 15 seconds, 15 minutes, it doesn't matter. We want to hear the stories. We want to be able to rejoice and be happy and share together, uh, whether it's small or big. Also, Red River Valley Lodge, singing at 4 o'clock. Everybody's invited. (coughs) To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence, without fault and with great joy. To the one and only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority. Through Jesus Christ,
1: our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore.
0: Amen.